Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to Beauty Talk. I'm your host, Janice Tunnell, for today, Sunday, April 18th. Thank you guys for tuning in. We have a great show planned for you guys tonight. I just want to remind everyone that if you have a question or a comment for tonight's guest or for any of us, um, you can give us a call at 914-803-4399. Again, that number is 914-803-4399. Four three nine nine. Also, you can um, send us questions at beautygirlsmedia at gmail.com, and we'll be sure to get your questions um, on the air. I'm going to turn it over to Denise so that she can greet you also. Good evening, everyone. And like as Denise said, thank you guys for joining us tonight. We have a very special guest on tonight, and so we're excited um, to talk to her, but just wanted to let you all also know, besides the uh, Gmail address, you can also uh, follow along on Twitter. We're beauty underscore talk on Twitter, and uh, we will be um, posing the questions that we posed to Dr. Uh, Mansberg tonight. Uh, we'll be putting those on Twitter and giving you uh, her response and our response, and so join in um, on the conversation. Again, we're beauty underscore talk. All right. All right. All right. I just want to go jump right into the conversation. I want to introduce uh, this evening's guest. Uh, she is the owner of Evidence-Based Skin Care, and it's Dr. Jenny Mans- Mansberg. Welcome to the, jo- uh, to the show, Dr. Mansberg. Hey, thanks so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Oh, you're welcome. Absolutely. Thank you for joining us. We greatly appreciate it as well. Um, let's just jump right in. Can you tell us a little bit about a little bit about you, and um, also tell us a little bit about um, your journey in, in skincare? Yeah. So um, hopefully you can tell by now that I'm sitting here in Sydney, Australia. Where, by the way, guys, you know we've got no COVID here. We are a COVID-free environment. No one wears masks. We go out for dinner normally. Mm. I don't want to rub that in too much, but um, you know, that's funny that that's funny sorry. that you mentioned that because I'm I'm currently working with an actor from Australia, and he says the same thing that there's like no COVID there. I mean, if if it is, it's just like very few cases, and I'm like, darn, maybe we should all go to Australia. <laughs> Well, you'd be joining half of Hollywood because literally this is like because you can make a movie normally, right? And you can do kissing scenes and everything here because 
There is not very few cases. There's zero. It all just sits in hotel quarantine. But anyway, I'm not going to rub that in because that just seems a bit right. cruel um, today. But, <laughs> but, but you know, I, so I graduated from medicine in the 90s. Um, wow, so long ago. Um, but it, it, literally, I, I have had this kind of really weird, flashy career within medicine where I literally fell headfirst into television via magazines because um, I was I was running out of nanny options for my kids, basically, and I was looking to do something from home, started writing for a magazine house that got bought out um, by a TV network here. And it was just one of those weird things where the TV network who ran like a morning TV show, much like kind of KTLA, that kind of thing, um, they said to the magazine, um, which was Women's Health Australia, we had the first franchise outside of the US for Women's Health magazine. I was their doctor and they said, hey, guys, can we borrow your doctor? We need it. We've got a segment we need a doctor for. And I literally fell into, into TV from there. But I've kind of gone on to um, do a lot of governance roles. But during my TV career, what I did notice was, which is still going, I, I was up at four this morning to, to be on TV um, as well. But what, we, what I did notice is every time we would do a segment on what really works in um, skincare, particularly for ageing, I would literally be flooded with emails on, you know, so what should I be buying? Now, it's illegal in Australia for me to, you know, spruik any brand, right? Because as a doctor, that's, you're not allowed to do that. But I would just be talking about the, the ingredients, the evidence-based ingredients. And I just go to the National Library of Medicine, which is, thank you to the US, an amazing contribution to the world. And I would literally look at these ingredients that were in the studies and then go and look for them on the shelves. And despite there being literally thousands of products on the shelves, I couldn't find any that had the ingredients that were in the study. Um, and my husband one day said to me, well, why don't you do it? Why don't you make it? Um, it, it is not that easy. <laughs> let, me, let me get that off my chest. It is not easy. But um, I literally um, went from, um, in my 30s, let's say, having skin that was pretty good, um, to in my 40s, maybe not so good, and um, and then wanting to do this evidence-based uh, piece of, of skincare, which is how I ended up in a fairly random position, I would say. Wow. Um, <clears throat> what led you to um, to create evidence skincare? What what was that process like? So it, 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 initially it was sort of desiring to have skincare that would um, make my skin a bit better because I was a, literally a pizza face. Do you call it pizza face in the States where you're just packed full of acne? Yes. Anyway, I was one of those yes. as a kid. I was a huge pizza face. I now have rosacea, so lucky. Um, and that mm. combined with TV pancake makeup. Now, I know this is... <laughs> what you guys do, and I'm sure you do it heaps better than I do it here, but, like, my skin is not reacting very well to have thick cakes on makeup. Um, and so I literally had this desire, together with the understanding that there was a gap in the market for something that was not a legacy brand but didn't just feel <laughs> nice when you put it on your face but actually had the evidence-based ingredients in it that would actually change the architecture of your skin and work for everything from wrinkles and large pores to acne and rosacea and inflammation and sensitive skin. And, and the, the, I'm not creating the wheel. I don't have the Ginny Mansberg, you know, Tom's Institute. I've got literally what all of you guys can have. You can, you can all go and download every single study. There are thousands of them from the National Library mm -hmm. of Medicine and see what the ingredients are that you should be using and where the evidence is. Um, but I was literally trying to fuel that gap in the market 
and it's been amazing. It's, it's, it's been amazing in Australia and, um, and, and hopefully is going to be pretty amazing in the States too because I, I think the, the gap is still in the market for the States as well. I noticed that 2020 has seen celebrity skincare just go absolutely, you know, crazy over in the States. But it's still yes. in the old school of um, big claims, feels nice, smells nice, but not the actual evidence-based ingredients skill right um to to make a difference to your skin absolutely um do you know what do you think that is you know like a lot of um and not just celebrity based skincare but just a lot of skincare brands it's you know like you said feels nice smells nice um but not actually being able to show that it's more than feels nice and smells nice. It actually works. Why do you think that there's so much skincare out there on the market that's like that? So I think there are probably a couple of reasons. I think when you are a legacy brand like some of the European brands that are really huge sellers in the States, you don't want to tinker with a winning formula. You have your very loyal customers, so you don't necessarily want to mark with that. So I, I get why they would continue to use formulations that were maybe done in the 70s and the 80s and have never been revised since because, you know, maybe not great for business. Um, and then you've got the newer brands. And what, I mean, as we found out, the evidence-based ingredients are problematic because let's take vitamin A. Um, a lot of people use retinol because it's reasonably stable, pretty cheap and easy to formulate with. But the evidence for retinol as a vitamin A product is actually fairly weak on all levels, from acne to ageing. Um, it's an excellent ingredient that has so much evidence for it, but only in either the prescription form, which is really irritating. Up to 50% of people just can't use it because it's so irritating, or they start to dilute it down and there's no evidence for diluted prescription vitamin A. Um, but there is evidence for retinol. So we were absolutely committed. We were only going to use retinol. So that is... If you have a look at the skin, your skin needs to convert retinol to retinol to retinoic acid. So that's the prescription form. Um, retinol is only one step removed from that, and you pretty much get 100% conversion inside the skin of retinol to retinoic acid. Um, without the irritation, it's a really interesting, nice, kind of nice sweet spot. Where in studies, if you do head-to-head studies with retinol versus retinoic acid, they're identical in, in their effectiveness. But... Um, they don't have the irritation, whereas retinol is that one further step removed and the evidence is a little bit patchy. To get retinol, uh, we can either get it from China, which we have some concerns about ingredients from China, just being able to be 100% confident that we, we're getting the quality that we want, or you can get it from places in Europe. And that's about thirty dollars to $50,000 a kilo and, um, of ingredients, raw ingredients. And it needs to be transported from the factory in Europe to the factory in Australia at much like the Pfizer-BioNTech um, or Moderna vaccines in those kind of ultra freezers. Um, and that's a very long journey to Australia. We are super far away. And I can see why it's a barrier to formulation. And there's not a lot of factories who manufacture it now. Um, so I can see why people would just go, look, I'm just going to do with retinol. It's just so much easier. We almost gave up. It took us like six months to work out how to get it and then how to, how to transport it. And then to find a formulation chemist who will formulate with it because they're, they're not sure. It's not a common ingredient. It's the same with um, 
vitamin C. If you have a look at L-ascorbic acid, it's much easier to use stabilized forms of vitamin C. The thing is we don't have any evidence that they work. They're easier to formulate with, they're cheaper, they don't go off, but I can't promise you it's going to do anything inside your skin, and that's a bit of a problem. So we were very committed to sticking to the evidence base, even though at times that was a bit problematic, um, you know, in terms of getting the right bottles and right packaging. It's, it's not easy to work with that stuff. Has the pandemic uh, created any issues with trying to get ingredients? Yeah, good question. Um, some of the ingredients have been really difficult to get, and some of them are just um, you, you always need preservatives in skincare, and what we try to do is to use the least irritating preservatives um, available. So we, um, I don't know if you've ever checked out the Environmental Working Group, which is another US not-for-profit organisation that sort of rates ingredients on their potential harms but also their potential irritants. So we try to stick to level five or below um, in terms of that um, the potential irritants. There have been some that have been really, really difficult to get. Luckily for us, we order in reasonably large quantities things like retinol, and um, the other one is forambutyl resorcinol, which is a depigmenting agent. Um, so that's more around pigmentation that happens more common in skin of colour, but it can happen in all skin after any kind of trauma, whether it's sun damage or acne or rosacea or you've picked at something, you can get quite nasty pigmentation. So to try and even that out, we use forambutyl resorcinol. We've been able to get that. That's been an okay uh, product to get, but some of the preservatives have been harder to get. Gotcha. Talk a little bit about the name, how you came up with the name. It's a bit boring, isn't it? Sorry. It's just ESK evidence skin. <laughs> so um, I have many talents, guys, but, but picking amazing names is not among them. Let's move on. Like, that's just not my skill set. I, I'm quite prepared to, to just uh, concede defeat on that one. If you can think of a better one, will you give me a bell? I'd love to find out from you. <laughs> no, I, I think it's perfect, actually. <laughs> I think it's perfect. It, it kind of says what it is, right? There's kind of no... Absolutely. You, you, kind of, you, you know what you're getting there. Exactly. Right, absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> you know exactly what you're getting. Speaking of what you're getting, let's talk a little bit in detail about um, some of the actual ingredients that's found in a lot of your products. So... Uh, the general principles that we've adhered to are a few. Number one, efficacy. Number one, it's got to be, it's actually got to work. I, you can't promise people things and then put kakadu plums in there. Like, you, it, it's just unethical. You, you need to be able to sort of say, look, we have evidence to, to say that this will work in the way that we've intended. The second thing is we don't want to do any harm, and that's both to the people who are using them, but also to the environment. And we do know animal testing, we're cruelty-free which has been a problem at times because we can't sell into markets like, let's say, China or Indonesia where animal testing is mandatory. So if any of your skincare products that you're using do sell in China, you know that they've been tested on animals because that is a requirement of the Chinese government to sell um, offline products into China. So um, that, mm -hmm. that was something that we were fairly committed to. Um, and then, of course, so many of our customers are not just looking for something that slaps on and feels nice for um, a couple of hours. They have skin problems, and skin sensitivity is never far away from any skin condition. 
So we need to use the least irritating forms of ingredients that we can. So our hero products use um, retinol. So we have a, a vitamin A cream. We have them in two strengths at the 0.06% and the 0.1%. We do that because um, uh, we that's what is uh, in the evidence. That is exactly uh, what the study suggests is most efficacious for both ageing um, and acne and at the 0.06% effective for rosacea as well, which is a, a really... A uh, big part of, of our um, of our customer base as well, and it, it's just an all-round heavy hitter. L-ascorbic acid um, is uh, the vitamin C that we use, so it, we use the, the raw ingredient, a raw form of vitamin C, as it is um, in all of the studies, and we use it at a 10% concentration. There are a few studies that suggest up to 20% it can be effective. Very little evidence that it's effective at less than that, but at that 20% level, you'd get a lot of um, a lot of irritation as well, which is, you know, quite quite a problem. Uh, we do use the 4-N-butyl resorcinol, which is a tyrosinase inhibitor, and I'm just shoving you like, sorry, I'm like talking all these massive terms down your throat. I apologise. <laughs> but tyrosinase <laughs> is a really interesting enzyme that sits in the skin that allows your skin to build pigment, particularly when it's traumatised. So um, for uh, it was a really important to inhibit tyrosinase. There are a number of tyrosinase inhibitors on the market. Hydroquinone on prescription from your doctor is one of them. But in studies, mm. 4-N-butyl resorcinol is the most effective with the least irritation. And the least problems, like the, the hydroquinone is banned in many jurisdictions, mainly because it can get rebound pigmentation, but also there's some safety concerns around hydroquinone. So, so we use that. We use niacinamide. I think niacinamide is fairly common. You know, I, I think there's a lot of products now that use sort of a, a, a between 3 and 5% niacinamide, which is where all the evidence is. And, and that's, I guess, not unique to us, except that we shove the niacinamide in with the vitamin A, so it just decreases the number of products you need to buy. Um, and then we use um, alpha hydroxy acids and beta hydroxy acids. So the hydroxy acids are your chemical exfoliators, amazing to the mm -hmm. pores, and they also help your vitamin A products sink in and work better. So we use uh, glycolic and lactic acids in our leave-on hydroxy acid serum, which is a smooth serum. And we also have a hydroxy overnight mask, which is a, a salicylic acid, a 10% salicylic acid with urea leave-on overnight mask, which we, we suggest that you can either use once a week all over your face. It's my Friday night special. But you can also spot treat acne. It's a really good for, for zits. If you've got a big, big whopper coming out, shove that on. That is um, wake up next morning. You'll be very, very happy. Nice. Now, one one ingredient that I didn't hear you mention was zinc. Oh, yes. Okay, so um, zinc <laughs> we use in our zinc shade day cream. And it's a physical sunscreen. So I know you guys are, are skin junkies, and I know all your listeners are, are skin junkies as well, But so, it, so stop me if I'm being patronizing. But there are kind of two types of sunscreens. Physical and chemical. So chemical basically absorbs the sun's UV rays, the ultraviolet rays, and disperses them throughout the skin so that they don't do as much harm. And the physical sunscreens, which are either zinc oxide or titanium dioxide, repel the sun's mm -hmm. rays and deflect them out, which is really good if you don't like being hot. Now, there are a number of um, advantages to physical sunscreens, particularly because they are less irritating, but also because they're broad spectrum. And what that means is that you get protection against those UVB and UVA rays. Now, the UVB mm -hmm. is B for burning. That's there mostly in summer, 
kind of 10 a.m. till 2 p.m. UVA, A for aging, sun up to sun down 365 days a year. It has to go on in the morning under your makeup if you wear makeup because it's really critical to protect you from aging and pigmentation and sensitivity and redness and all of those things that we really, really don't like. And it's not good enough just to use a product that talks about SPF because the SPF only refers to protection from UVB rays. As it should, you know, mm-hmm. governments are very concerned about skin cancer. They want to protect you from skin right. cancer. That's why they have a whole lot of regulations around SPF um, because that's the multiple of time that you can spend in the sun before you burn. So if you're using an SPF 30 product and you normally burn in an hour, then um, your, you know, an SPF 30 means you can do 30 hours in the sun. I, you know, you're probably going to sweat off. You know, yes. you'd want to reapply no. it anyway. But that's the whole meaning of the SPF. The one thing that I found interesting is I love how um, on the packaging, pretty much everything you just said, maybe summarize it um, a little bit on the packaging. <laughs> and, and it's basically the same thing you just said as far as your explanation of UVA and UVB. Um, and I, I, I found it interesting that your, um, your product does not have titanium dioxide in it, at least from what I could see on the ingredients. Um, we don't, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I, I, because you, it's been the hardest thing, especially for women of color, people of color, to find a sunscreen that doesn't leave um, their skin looking white or ashy. And Which this you want to celebrate shade in the color, right? Perfect. I'm sorry. Repeat that. I, I, well, it's just so good to hear you say that because I agree. You want to celebrate your skin of color. I think nobody wants to have a white slime on their face, which is right. most of the physical sunscreens are That's actually right. foul, and they're really, really shiny. You can't wear makeup on top of them. Yeah. Um, this was actually the hardest product to formulate. We had 57 goes to get this right. We just kept sending it back, and in fact, we delayed the release of the whole range by quite a while because I wanted it to feel like a chemical sunscreen but look like it, that would actually be a physical sunscreen. And it was not easy to, to get, but um, I, I'm so glad that it's worked for you guys because that's the most important thing to hear for me. Yeah. I mean, I, it, the, the funny thing about it is I'm not afraid to, like, keep pumping the bottle. Like, I, I put on as much as I want because I'm, I don't have that fear of, you know, looking crazy when I, when I put it on. So I really, really like it. It's probably – my favorite to date. I've had a few favorites, so this is probably my favorite. Amazing. <laughs> That's so good to hear. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. really nice. So I was excited to talk about this product because it's just so hard to find the right the right thing, and I think I found it. So thank you. Um, oh, that's so exciting. Well, we'll, we'll put some more in the post to you. <laughs> and you talked to you talked about, um, a few minutes ago, we just talked about products feeling good, you know, smelling good and that type of thing. And I must say, I really love the feel of your products. You know, mm-hmm. when I put them on, it just felt really good. And it's, it's light. You, you're not, you know, you're not really worried about fragrance or anything feeling too heavy. Everything was just nice and light and perfect. Oh, that, that's just so beautiful. I can't tell you what it means to me. It's so great to hear you say that. 
But it also tells me that it's, it's not a lot of junk in the product. Like there's not a bunch of fillers. It's just, you know, the ingredients that actually work that are in here. Because I will say, and this is going to sound crazy, I told my sister the other day, I was like, I've been using this product now for almost a week, and I promise you I feel like my complexion is brighter. Like um, I look at myself. Of course you look at yourself in the mirror every day, but it's like sometimes you look at yourself so much that you you, you never really notice changes. But I was like, I feel like my skin is is actually brighter. My complexion is brighter. I honestly believe it's from using the product. I mean, I can't wait to speak to you soon, like because I think you'll get the maximum results in another two weeks, and then it will still mm-hmm. continue. Like I'm, I'm kind of five or six years in, and I would say in my fifties, I look back at photos of me in my like late thirties, early forties, and I look much younger now. And I've never done mm-hmm. Botox filler. Um, I don't ever go to a beautician. I don't get needling. I don't get laser. I've never had a peel. I don't do any of that. I just use skincare because I've got confidence that it works. And I don't use any supplements yeah. either and no, no beauty supplements, just what goes on my skin because I want to stick with the evidence. Yeah. Um, this, my, mm-hmm. I'm going to buy this whole little sample kit that I got in the mail. I'm going to buy the regular size product. You you That's you, awesome. you mentioned we'll get it all to you. <laughs> you mentioned um you know, you mentioned, you know, in your thirties and now looking a lot younger than you did before. What what age would you say is the best time to actually really start um paying attention to your skin? Not like I mean we all should be paying attention to our skin at you know at any age, but age should we really seriously start to consider like a skin care regimen and, and using great products? How early should that be? It's such a great question because obviously cosmeceutical skincare costs more than something you can pick up from the supermarket or just a local drugstore, right? So you need mm-hmm. to think about when you're going to invest. So I actually feel like I should ask you guys because you are up close and personal with so many different skin types of all ages. Like professionally, you've been doing this for years, but my gut feeling is I wish I'd done it earlier. I wish I had started and paid attention much earlier. I wish I'd understood. You know, when I was in the 80s, the stuff that my mum bought me for um, my acne was such a complete car crash I can't believe that anybody could in good faith recommend this stuff like I was putting scrubs on my face and stuff that is pro-inflammatory increases your risk of scars I I wish I hadn't done that but I I actually would can I can I throw that back to you guys because I feel like this is your expertise I'd like to learn from you yeah well to be honest I really think that sunscreen should be start started as a child, you know, right away. Um, I really, honestly, like I look at some of the people that we make up, some of the actresses, and even the, some of the guys as well, I'm like, my God, you should have started eye cream at least by 18. Um, and But definitely sun protection at a young age because I see some of these 30-year-olds, who, like early 30s, and you look at all of the sun damage, like right around the eyes and just 
I, I can't stress sun care more than anything should be done at a very, very early age. Um, I, I but I do think at a store, yeah, I do think at an early age also, um, you know, I know that sometimes you can't go out and get expensive products or, or great products, which happens to be more money, but um, I would suggest really starting a regimen in your teens for sure. Just based on it's my experience. You say that. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I was going to say, Denise, once if you're using um, like a sunscreen, you would probably want to use vitamin C because it has so yes. much evidence for what we call photo protection. So yes. what yes. you're concerned about most is um, ageing, preventing ageing, then you probably want to use vitamin C, the, you know, as early as possible but if you have skin that is acne prone then you'd want to be on vitamin a from a really early age because and and hydroxy acids as well because that's going to minimize Mm -hmm. your acne it's going to minimize the scarring um which is really important and minimize try and prevent some of the the pigmentation which can come as a result of acne as well it can be really hard to shift You, you want to prevent that right yeah yeah Exactly. Yeah, I, yeah, I just I, and, I, and another thing which I highly recommend um, at all ages is just moisturizer. Like you know, just it's so important that we moisturize. And I you I see people. It, it's so strange that, especially with actors, I find it strange when they say. Oh, I don't really use anything. When I ask about their skincare routine, oh, I, I don't really use anything. I mean, just you know, I just have some stuff that I got in a in a in a gift bag at this event that I attended, and it's like they don't they just put anything on their skin. Um, every, I think every actor yeah. that I do, they they have you know this dry skin. It's even when they're oily. It's like there's certain parts of their skin that's dehydrated, and it's Oh my God, it's it's just unbelievable. You you know we automatically think you know yeah. these celebrities they have it all they do it all but no they don't. <laughs> and it's interesting really because don't. then your your job is so much harder because when you put um, you know a makeup on a dried out skin it can clump it can look it's not as smooth mm-hmm. and then that means you need to put more of it on and then that doesn't look so good with a dried out skin. You can just put a moisturizer on. So you can put something like, a, you know, there are humectants and emollients, all the ingredients of moisturizers. But if you want to prevent transepidermal water loss and you have a regular product, uh, problem with skin um, hydration, you'd be wanting to use some niacinamide because niacinamide has been proven to reduce what we call transepidermal water loss and that disruption in the skin barrier function because your skin is designed to keep moisture in and not actually let any out. So if it's drying out, and letting out too much water, then it has a problem with your skin barrier, and you can fix that with niacinamide. And the other thing is that skin can look much worse and drier if you haven't exfoliated. So you'd want to use a right. long hydroxy acid serum at night so that you just get at least rid of the old dried-out skin cells in a way that's even and nice, which you can do with a, a, a chemical exfoliator. You do not want to be using microbeads and... And, and physical exfoliation is just pro-inflammatory and then increases your transepidermal water loss. You want to control that by using niacinamide in the morning and the night and then using a leave-on hydroxy acid 
a serum at night, which will help just smooth out the skin and then help skin barrier function perform much better. And so, yes, moisturizer, but kind of get the other ingredients in that will actually change the skin for the better. Over, over one week, it will do that. Yeah. Now, I, I, I love how your products are labeled for AM, PM, or AM and PM. Um, I think it, it just makes it, well, for me, it, it made skin, you know, skincare fun this past week, but it also just makes it super easy. Um, if you're someone who, you know, you're, you get overwhelmed with, with products and having so many products that, you know, well, you know, most people will ask, well, when do I use this? Or, you know, do I have to do it in a certain order? So I love how the products are labeled with the numbers, um, AM and PM. I, you should see me at night and in the morning. It's so funny because once I use certain things at night, then I'm putting it back in the little kit and putting the other the other products out for the mornings. So I don't know. It sounds crazy, but I have my whole little routine with these products. It just makes it easy I love for me. It. One of the things that um, I, when we were in, investigating, you know, should uh, because I, I've done this with my husband, and, and when we were looking at, you know, should we do our own skincare line, we were going to um, like some drug stores and looking at ranges of skincare products that were, you know, $100, $150 per product. And there were like 12 of them. And I, the first thing is like, number one, who's got the money? And number two, who's got the time to put like 12 products on your face? Like I'm, I'm feeling like I'm at AA. I've got a 12-step program here. I'm like, I'm getting all traumatized. I, we wanted to just hone this down to the basics. What do you really, really need? And how can we simplify this for you? And how many ingredients can we put into a single product so you can bypass having to buy three lots of $150 products and just kind of stick it into a... And, you know, one or two things that you need to do at night just to make sure that you're getting exactly what you need and nothing more and nothing too complicated. Yeah. Yeah. It's simple. It's simple. Everything is on the packaging, you know, ingredients, um, when to use it. It's just simple. I really like it. I really do. Amazing. Amazing. <laughs> yeah, I, I know. So, um, and one of the things I was noticing, you know, you were talking about your, um, well, I, I was looking at your um, your quiz, um, and which I thought was, it was a simple quiz, but very good questions. Can you just explain to our listening audience, for some of those who may not know, but can you explain why it's important to ask yourself these questions or for if you're seeking advice from a skincare um, person, that they, why they would ask you those questions um, before actually recommending certain products? That, that's such a great question. So if you are just going for like a Walmart product or one of most of the celebrity skincare brands and it's just something that smells nice and you decide whether you're going to buy it by just kind of rubbing a bit on the back of your hand and having a sniff of it, um, it probably doesn't matter. Like, you really, it's, it's not going to do any harm. It's fine. Don't worry about it too much. But if you have skin concerns and you're using cosmeceuticals, the upside is it's actually going to work. The downside is that they can be irritating and the wrong products can actually end up being worse for you. So if you take the, the vitamin C, for example, um, the evidence suggests that because vitamin C is quite um, unstable when it's in water, you have to put it in a, a water and oil emulsion. But, you know, particularly for skin of color, but also for um, skin that is uh, more prone to oiliness and, and breakout, 
that can be a real problem, that particular product. And you want to have a much finer oil, which is less moisturizing, but is going to cause less breakouts. So we need to understand you and your skin so that we make sure you get the right uh, skin care for your particular needs. If you're drying out, we need to add extra moisturizer. So we, we will tailor the skincare for your needs. And we created an, our own AI model to be able to tailor um, the skincare for your particular concerns. As a complete coincidence, on a business metrics level, what that has meant is that we have high customer retention because we don't get people going, well, this didn't work for me or wow, I had terrible breakouts or I got a massive rash from this thing because we've ended up making sure that you get the right skin care for you. So our customer retention rate is, is butting up around 65%. Now, the industry average for skin care is under 22%. So we have very high customer retention rates, I think, because we give you the right products, which means you're actually going to see some benefits to your skin quite early on as compared to, let's say, a celebrity skincare range or a a Walmart skincare range where you can keep using it and it's fine and it's lovely and your skin will feel dry without it, but it's not, you're not going to see your, your skin's not going to look any different a week later or, two, or a month later or a year later. It just won't look any different. And so people move on to the next product. Gotcha. So talk, tell us a little bit about um, the your concerns when you ask the questions about if if one is pregnant and breastfeeding, yeah. What um, so skin? Anyone who's been pregnant, or, um, in particular, your skin can just go crazy. So it can do everything from having heat to breakouts to being super dry, super sensitive. You know, when you're not pregnant, you can put anything on your skin and be fine. And then when you're pregnant, you react to everything. And then every pregnant mm-hmm. woman is different. But one thing that we do know for sure is that we do not want to be putting vitamin A on the skin Mm -hmm. of a pregnant woman. Now, the reason for that is that when you give vitamin A orally, which is like Accutane, so a lot of people who have really awful um, acne will go on oral Accutane, that has birth defects as one of its side effects. So you'll find out that your doctor will tell you you need not one but two forms of contraception and we need to do a pregnancy test (laughs) Even if you tell the doctor, but I've never been sexually active, they won't believe you and they're going to still do a pregnancy test because it's so, so critical not to expose the unborn baby to vitamin A orally. When it comes to topical vitamin A, we don't actually have any evidence that it's a problem, but we know some of it is absorbed through the skin into the bloodstream. And as a result, you're not going to see any um, ethically conducted trials for putting vitamin A on the skin of pregnant women and we're never going to really get the answer about whether it's safe but because we don't know whether it's safe and there's a bit of a cloud we need to know whether you're pregnant so that you don't use topical vitamin A. Having said that if you have been using vitamin A and then find out oh my goodness I'm now pregnant don't panic because we really have no evidence either from animal studies or from the human like reports of, of women who've accidentally used vitamin A and then found out that they were pregnant, that it does any harm to your baby. So I don't want anyone to lose any sleep over it. They just say, hey, don't use any more of it. That's fine. But that's why pregnancy is a really important ask for us because we know that the most women will be more sensitive and the second thing is they can't use vitamin A. Right. So how different, how different are men 
from women when it comes to our skin and skin care? So the number of sebum glands, so sebum is your oil, and it's a really good lubricant that is meant to sit over the top of the skin, and it's one of the important elements of the skin barrier that prevents transepidermal water loss. And so the sebaceous glands, the oil glands, actually sit in your pores, and they sit at the base of a hair follicle. It's a really interesting, we call it the pilosebaceous unit. It's a very interesting little piece of anatomy. But men have more oil glands, and they also have more testosterone circulating. So the testosterone stimulates those oil glands more. So men naturally have oilier skin than women. That's just a, a natural thing. The second thing in men is that they will not, on the whole, there's a couple of skin intellectuals, and it is changing a little bit, but on the whole, men are less interested in using multiple products. They, they're just like, yeah. one thing, I'll, I'll put that on. I'm not doing anything else. You try and give me two products, I'm out, right? So, um, so as a result, um, you know, we, uh, our, our, by the way, the, the, the way we started our skincare company because we had no money and we were like, we didn't want to raise money um, because that's not so easy to do in Australia as it is in the States. And we also like didn't, we had no house, like we had no money when we started this. And so the cheapest way we could launch a skincare um, company was actually to create private label products for plastic surgeons and dermatologists. So we have 75 brands that we run for different plastic surgeons and dermatologists. And they actually had very, very heavy input into the original formulation of all of our products. And so what we did with um, some of the plastic surgeons was we worked in like a closed group with them and we combined the alpha hydroxy acids with the highest strength vitamin A. And that was originally designed to be specifically a men's um, vitamin A product, although it works very well for acne-prone skin as well. But that was was going to try and it's not ideal. Ideally, you put your smooth serum on before your ultimate A, but if you absolutely will not do that, we do have some hydroxy acids in our ultimate A plus in our vitamin A um, high-strength product. But then it's also important to remember that rosaceous skin is extremely sensitive and you cannot use hydroxy acids ever in rosaceous skin. It'll just set you off. Your skin will be red, burning, stinging, and then once you go into a rosaceous layer, products that normally are fine and don't, you don't react to them at all, all of a sudden, like you can't tolerate anything, you can't tolerate makeup. You go out in the sun for two minutes and you're starting to feel sick with, you know, how burning your face is. So um, we really want to avoid a rosaceous flare. So um, that is not a great product for anybody with rosacea, but it's really good for men who are maybe a little bit less committed, do you think, guys, to their skincare, I would say? <laughs> yeah. Now, um, I was looking. Like... Mm-hmm. Sorry. No, sorry, go ahead. No, go you ahead. go ahead. <laughs> well, I was looking. Just... We do this all the time. <laughs> you go ahead. Okay. I was looking at my products. I'm so, I'm just all over the website and looking at products, so I'm almost just talking out loud, really. And I realized that. I wasn't using this one product in the morning and at night. I think I was just using it um, in the morning, but enlighten. So if I'm yeah. using it at night, I'm just trying, okay, I have the cleanser. I have the smooth serum and I have ultimate, uh, ultimate A. So should I be, should I use it before I apply um, uh, ultimate A? 
So the whole layering thing is a bit of rubbish, right? There's not there's no science to layering. Okay, so bottom line is it doesn't matter. Put it when I'm wherever you want. In okay. terms of okay. so the Enlightened product is 4-Ambutyl So it's that tyrosinase inhibitor that I spoke to you about. So tyrosinase is an enzyme inside the skin which is essential for creating melanin, particularly problematic melanin. So as opposed to your beautiful natural skin of color it's the pigmented spots that come in tyrosinase Mm -hmm. is really essential for that process and so a tyrosinase inhibitor is one part of depigmenting in problem skin so so we don't want to make your skin lighter we just want to get rid of the problem dark spots there is evidence Mm -hmm. using it once a day and using it twice a day I am the world's laziest person, possibly, and so I don't use it twice a day because I can't be stopped. So um, if you want to be like me and just kind of use it once a day, I've got you, sister. It's fine. Like, you know, it's totally I, – I get it. Um, I, I need an extra step at night, like a hole in the head, so I'm not using that But at night. I'm, I'm really happy. And pigmentation is my biggest thing. Like, it's actually um, – and, you know, for, for I'm, I should have been born in a peat bog and in Scotland. I should never see, the, I'm like a, a mole rat. I'm so white that I actually like fry in two seconds and I also pigment really, really, really badly. Um, and so, and it looks horrible on white skin like mine. Um, and I use it once a day and I'm fine. I, I, you can't see any pigmentation and I hardly ever wear any makeup and, and you really can't see it. So don't worry okay. too much. Okay. All right. Can you tell our listening audience a little bit about, I know they can go on the website and um, shop, but can you tell us a little bit about some of the kits that you offer and what those, what skin issues those kits address? Great question. So if you go to eskcare.com, so eskcare.com, you'll see a whole heap of kits on the shop. Um, and that's, if you, let's say, don't want to go and do the skin quiz and you just go, listen, I know I've got, um, I've got mature skin, I'm 60, or I have rosacea, I'm just going to go in there and buy that. We've kind of curated the kits that you would need and we've applied a discount so it's just cheaper than getting individual products and trying to put them together yourself. And this just kind of tells you everything you need. And if you click on one of the kits, so... Let's say you go to the standard anti-aging skincare kit. It will tell you what's in it and the justification for the product that you're using. And that's – it's all out there. All the information is on there. I think some people accuse us of being way too science geeky. Um, But I know for the guys like you who are all about the science and very knowledgeable about skin, this is awesome for you. But I think that even for people who – just have a bit of a problem skin. It's written in pretty easy language. It's not um, too difficult to understand, and it will explain there the important things that you should be putting on your skin and why with click-throughs to the blogs that go into that stuff in a little bit more detail. Your blog is very, I mean, very educational. I don't know what I was expecting. I was going to the blog thinking, okay, you know, most websites that go to if they have blogs, but, you know, I try to go check it out just to see what people are talking about. And that, and I think I was thinking that it was just going to be very um, entertaining. <laughs> and it's like, oh, my God, like if you knew nothing about skincare, you will learn from your blog. 
it's like it's very yeah. detailed. Um, it, it's really good. It's really good. It's like I got to go back out and check out some more. <laughs> Thank you. Have you guys ever gone to? Um, I mean, obviously there's a pandemic on now, but have you guys ever been to the Cosmoprof, um, the massive kind of skin and beauty um, conferences that happen? There's one in Vegas, and anyway, we go um, normally um, under North. North um, I know exactly what you're talking about. I've never had a chance to go, and I keep saying that I want to get there. Each year I keep saying I'm going to go and and never go, but I know exactly what you're talking about. So next time you go, let's let's hook up and we'll go and have a drink and and, and meet up in person because it is an amazing – for people who are into beauty, um, Mm -hmm. it is just unbelievable, like – literally tens and thousands of different stalls with everything and you get to know all the trends and everything from makeup brushes to fat blasting machines and it's just crazy but anyway so what I have really found because we go every year to the one in um in Hong Kong and because Mm -hmm. that's you know Australia's part of Asia but I we just really noticed over the years the rise and the rise of what we call the skin intellectual you know the people are no longer just having a sniff of a pot and going, yeah, that's great, that'll go on my face. Um, Women and men are far more educated now about what these ingredients do, what they want to put on their face. Um, You know, when we first started with our products, people would go, oh, you've made a a spelling mistake. Um, You've written retinol when you should be, you know, writing retinol. We used to hear that all the time. Now... We have everybody coming up to us saying, oh, we hear you've got retinol. Oh, can, you know, can we talk to you about your retinol product? Um, <laughs> it's um, the, the interest of so many people, we've just seen it, like, increase exponentially. Have you, have you guys noticed the same thing, like, in your line of work where people are just much more interested in getting to the, to the nitty-gritty of it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Definitely. Like, your podcast... Like your podcast, I reckon even 10 years ago, you might not have mm-hmm. had that many listeners to it because people were like, I know what I like. I like the smell of this one. But like you guys are out there educating people on what they need to know. And like I just see the work that you guys are doing, which is unbelievable. And you are also filling this really important place in the market for people who want to just get in a bit more deep and a bit more, have a bit more understanding instead of just, you know, the top line rubbish. And right. you guys are also sorting out facts from fiction and doing, I've got to say, an amazing job. I, I love your podcast because you do this amazing job of communicating so well what you see and, and leveraging your amazing experience to really help people who want a deeper understanding of how they can make their themselves look better and also you know I love your definition of beauty and and the way you've sort of expanded (laughs) it out in a way that's so much less (laughs) superficial and rubbish that that was only 10 years ago um but I I don't know I think you you girls and I like we're kind of on a similar journey to um bust misinformation bust myths and really honor the people who are listening to us and giving them the information they want they're not they're not idiots they are super smart right. people out there who really want high-quality information and respect to them and to you. Exactly. Absolutely. 
Absolutely. It's so so true. Wow. You can, I mean, you you see it a lot. You see it a lot in social media now too. Um, even though, like, you know, I always say that you know, makeup is such a big thing now, where everybody's a makeup artist or whatever. And now people are are kind of transitioning into skin. And although you know, everybody's not an esthetician or anything like that, but people are now, you know, they're they're more into um, skincare products and not just what they get out of the drugstore. You know, th- there's tons of brands out there now that people are picking up and they're talking about it on their social media pages and they're talking about um, different ingredients. And even though sometimes you look at some of this stuff and you're like, okay, there's, you know, probably just finding out about this product or whatever. And you can tell that they don't know really what they're saying if they don't quite get it just yet, but it's coming. Like, I feel like, you know, they're going to educate themselves enough or the brand is going to educate them enough so that that so that they know, you know, what they're talking about because people are demonstrating the usage of these products and it's, it's – you see a little bit of everything on social media now, and it's and it's and it's not so much of someone told me to buy this product and I just bought it. It's more someone told me I should buy this product and they told me why. Now I'm going to get it. It's so interesting that you say that. The um, American Academy of Dermatology has a journal, a medical journal, and lately they've been publishing a few studies where they've asked dermatologists to analyze the quality of information on social media and on particularly on Instagram, but also on TikTok and Facebook. And what they've found is that on the whole, the information that comes from influencers on social media is pretty poor, um, often incorrect, but yet has higher levels of engagement than that supplied by doctors, estheticians, makeup artists, people who um, have the, I guess, the knowledge and the experience. Um, so, but I agree with you that it's, it's a journey. We're, we're starting on this journey. And I think as the demand grows from our listeners, our consumers, in my case, my TV audience, to get the higher quality information, I think social media will follow where our consumers take us. At the moment, you need to look at everything you see on social media with it through a massive, you know, grain of salt. Like, really, there's a lot of rubbish out there still. But it's changing. And I think as more people like you supply the information as opposed to someone who just looks pretty, um, I think we're going to really raise the tone of the conversation, raise the quality of the information that we're getting out to people and... I think everybody's going to be better off for it. It's so new. You know, social media is, is so new. But we're in a journey to something really exciting here. And, and um, again, hats off to you guys for taking a leadership role in this and trying to, you know, bridge that gap between the information that's, you know, cool and on trend but also really evidence-based and, and the, the supplying the back-end information that people really want to get. Yeah. yeah. Thank you for that. Tell me or tell us, is there anything else that you want our listening audience to know about about the skincare? So, um, yes, I two things. Number one, we supply a no questions asked money back guarantee. So um, we'll stand behind our products. 
you don't you don't feel it, you don't like it, you get your money back. Um, and there's not a lot of skincare companies that will do that because it's they're not going to be able to live up to their claims. The second thing is that we have a customer service team that will call you, not just send you an email, but actually call you and say, hey, is everything going okay? Do you need any help? Do you have any questions? Let us answer your questions. And then if we need to tweak the product, that's on us. So let's say you say, yeah, look, it's good. It's just it's drying out my skin a little bit, which can happen when you settle into cosmeceuticals. We go, hey, no worries. We'll put this product in the mail to you. You should get it in a few days, and, um, and then we'll touch base again. So we've got a very high touch. Even though it's an e-commerce brand, it's a very – it's a person-oriented. And the, the skincare people who are on the line giving you a call, who all sound like me, they're all Aussie, um, they care – so much they really really care that you you get as much out of your skincare as we believe it can offer and um, we'll stand behind that a hundred percent it's not a this is not an Amazon store this is not just a, a click see you later now it's your problem uh, it's our problem mm-hmm. to make sure that you love it as much as we love it nice yeah. nice well I, I have I am enjoying trying out this product. Um, so, uh, you know, I, I, I definitely love what I've, what I've been using so far. I'm going to definitely um, give it some time to see uh, exactly what happens. I know my sister says she can see a difference already, but I want to really give it, a, give it some time and, and just to see what's going what's gonna to happen. So I'm excited about trying it for sure. I can't wait. Um, please keep me posted. We'll send you some more stuff. And um, hopefully when this horrible pandemic is over, I've got two kids who live in the state, so I will be on the first plane out of here that I can possibly get to come over <laughs> and maybe we can catch up and, and um, in person, which would be lovely. Yeah, oh, for be sure. Great. Now, before you go, you though, you definitely have to tell us what your definition of beauty is. I think... I, I, I didn't have a philosophy on this probably until I listened to you guys. But I, I think <laughs> to me it's, um, it's very individual and beauty mm-hmm. is just feeling good in, in the person that you are inside and out. And if there is something that you don't like about yourself inside, then work on it and go fix it. If you think you could be kinder, if you think that you could be less lazy or whatever it is, then you go in there and get that for yourself because that will make you feel more beautiful on the inside. And in terms of of the outside, don't let anybody shame you. If you want to look your best self, then, um, and that's for you to decide what that is, then you feel free to do that. That's um, respect to you. And if you also say, you know, I really just don't care about my skin and I I, I don't care about clothes and skin and, it's just not me, but I feel beautiful, then that's great. And why would you bother going and buying, you know, cosmeceutical skincare or anything else? What matters mm-hmm. is that you feel beautiful and you feel your most beautiful self, and that's really all that ever matters to me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Nice. I love it. Yes, for sure. Well, thank you so much, uh, Jenny. We, we're glad to have you on the show tonight. We're definitely looking forward to uh, for you to come 
here to the states, and we definitely would love to. Have a great one, guys. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. You're Absolutely. welcome. Thank you. All right. Take care. Good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you guys for tuning in tonight. Uh, we greatly appreciate it. It was a great conversation we had with Dr. Jenny Mansberg calling in from Australia. Uh, she was talking about her ESK, Evidence-Based Skin Care, um, and you can shop for her products um, at eskcare.com. That's e e s k c a r e dot com. Um, they sent us over some samples of products that we've been testing out. Um, and, I, again, I really have to say that I do like what I've, um, what I've tried so far, but, I, you know, I haven't used it long, so I can't really give, um, you know, a, a very informed opinion yet, but I'm going to continue to um, use them and uh, let you guys know what I think about it. Um, but I greatly appreciate her joining us tonight. Great conversation on um, skincare, ingredients. Um, I mean, we probably just talked all night as the show alone with just the ingredients that they use. Um, so I'm definitely interested in uh, finding out a little bit more about some of the ingredients and what they're used for. So you might see a beauty tip coming from me. <laughs> exactly. On some of the, um, some of the ingredients that she she spoke about tonight. All right, you guys. Well, early call times tomorrow morning, so you know what that means. Um, we are jumping off quickly. Thank you for those who tuned in via phone the phone lines tonight. Um, thank you. For those who are listening online and for those who will be listening on the playback, we thank you so very much for your continued support. Big shout-out to Sharon Tina for tuning in tonight. Thank you. I saw JK at one time. Um, so thank you guys for tuning in. We greatly appreciate it. You can follow us on Instagram at beauty underscore talk underscore media. And, again, on Twitter, we are beauty underscore talk. And Facebook, we are beauty underscore talk. I'm sorry, we're beauty talk online on Facebook. And then both my sister and I, you can just follow us um, by our names on all social media platforms. That's at Denise Tunnell, and Tunnell is T-U-N-N-E-L-L, and at Janice Tunnell, and Janice is J-A-N-I-C-E. Thank you guys so and very let much. Also, let, me, let me also add mm-hmm. that um, you can follow um, Evidence Skincare on uh, Instagram. They are uh, E-S-K- Skincare, ESK Skincare on Instagram. All right. All right, you guys, with that being said, have a wonderful evening and have a beautiful and blessed week. Good night, everybody. Good night.